Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Glow CRA podcast, sponsored by Greystone with your host, Pamela Vanoss and Farah Jackson. Greystone is a leading commercial real estate company that primarily serves the multifamily sector with a range of debt and structured finance solutions. Our new podcast, Glow CRE, stands for gaining leaders, originators, and women in commercial real estate. And we're aiming to bring listeners a unique perspective on successful women in an industry that's typically dominated by men and grow the number of women interested in a career in commercial real estate. The purpose of this podcast is to help women in this industry be the lights for each other by telling the stories of successful women in this industry. So today we bring you a guest who's definitely a shining light. Our guest today is Kristen Croxton, Senior Vice President of Originations for Capital One Multifamily. Kristen has originated over $10 billion in real multifamily loans since 2005. She was formerly a Vice President of Origination for Deutsche Bank Berkshire Mortgage and also a product manager and senior underwriter. And she also happens to be a friend of mine. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. We're thrilled to chat with you about your career in commercial real estate and loan production. So how did you get your start in commercial real estate finance? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. It's a privilege to be here with the two of you um, and great to see you. Um, as far as how I got my start, I honestly, I have a degree in finance with a concentration in real estate. So that makes me like some kind of random small percentage of the world that actually does exactly what they say. That's exactly in college. right. No <laughs> kidding. Exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. might be the only person that actually started out with the right degree and moved into the same. But I didn't actually do it on purpose. I just didn't know what else to do. I, that was my third major and uh, I needed to figure something out and graduate. So um I just I finance 360 was a cash flow analysis class and that, that is still what I do every day today. Um, but from there I got a job at uh, out of the Washington Post like the way we used to do it back in the day when we used to look at help wanted ads <laughs> um, and started at Berkshire Mortgage which at the time was actually still called Patrician Financial uh, and I worked in as an analyst um, on the underwriting side and and then worked my way over to the production side and then ultimately. When I was Deutsche Bank bought Berkshire Mortgage and I moved into um, an origination role at that point um, and, and started uh, you know, being on the sales side of the business. It's interesting. You talk about you started in underwriting. You know, Pamela and I talked on our first episode about how that's both how we ended up in the business and um, moved into production. What made you decide to move towards production after years in underwriting? That's a great question. I think I was looking for a little bit more interaction on the front end and more interaction with people. I'm a, I like to talk a lot, as Pamela knows. Um, <laughs> so I think I was more suited on the sales side of, of the business. Um, and then uh, we just, great senior management was able to kind of slide me into another role, which was a Freddie Mac product manager role that we had internally at, at, at Deutsche Bank. At, um, and it gave me the opportunity to kind of be in a hybrid role where I was still managing the deals, but I didn't have to bring the deals in. The originators were coming to me with the deals and then I was helping them structure them and make sure they went through the process, got approved on time. Um, and then that kind of just morphed into me then taking over some accounts and, and then building the business from there with my partner, Greg. That's an interesting pathway. 
pathway and story. That's actually very similar to how I got into production. And I think as we talk to more women in production, it seems like a very similar path for many of us. Um, So I love hearing that. I think for women, because we are in general, this is a gross generalization, but less um, or or more risk averse, that having an understanding Mm -hmm. of the underwriting side of it makes us more comfortable in the conversations. So because we understand the deals and understand why they work or why they don't work and and how to make them work. Um, And I think that gave, gave me a lot more confidence in my role than if I had not come from an underwriting background. Pamela, that sounds exactly like what you said. Yeah, this is what this is exactly what, you know, from the people we talk to, a common theme is women, you know, more uh, apt to not taking risk. And then when they do, they want to be equipped with all the tools for success um, versus men who who may jump into it a little faster and easier. So definitely a common theme there. And you also said something that uh, we've talked about before, which is great leadership, having good mentorship. So tell us about a mentor that made an impact on you. Sure. So I've had some great, great mentors, some great bosses uh, my whole career. But um, I think for me, the most uh, inspiring one would be Grace Hoopshire. And Grace was she started she started at Fannie Mae, but she or she had other jobs before that. But where I met her first was at Fannie Mae. And then in 2009, she started Beach Street Capital with a couple of other people, Jeff Lee and Ellie Tanius from um, Fannie Mae also. Uh, and when I went to go work for her in 2011, I think that was just the best experience of my career. I got to see a woman in control of the company running the day-to-day, but also she was on the front end and doing a lot of um, the relationship building, um, a lot of the, the deal, not necessarily the deals in the in like the loan sense, but just the partnerships that we were building, building the relationships with Fannie and Freddie, um, and, and obviously running the company. So she's just been a great leader to watch. Um, we were sad when she retired. It's awesome to have a woman mentor as well. Someone that's been, you know, not in your exact shoes, but understand some of the challenges that are unique to being a woman in this industry. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, Kristen, you mentioned that you like to talk a lot. You have a partner. You, um, you know, have key uh, mentors. You have underwriting experience. All these things obviously have helped with your success. What's your secret sauce? Do you have what else do you have to, to offer <laughs> women here? I think going back to the underwriting part is just really knowing your stuff cold and knowing what you can get done. So at the end of the day, for me, like our best, our most important thing is making sure that the client's needs are met. And so figuring out the best way to get there and and being able to deliver it every time. And also, I think sometimes having those uncomfortable conversations, um, you've got to do that upfront. You can't, if that's something's changed in the deal, you you need to have that conversation. And I think they res- the clients respect that. They'd rather hear it upfront than, you know, last minute trying to tell them that they have a loan cut or something down the line. Um, so I think just being honest with the client, but always focusing on what their their needs are and not, you know, what the company wants you to do, but or more about what the client needs, you know, for the long term basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that has to do with underwriting experience, too, because you can kind of see what's coming in on the horizon and be able to uh, identify it early in the process to deliver that to the client instead of waiting to the end. So I think that's another key thing is just the experience and the underwriting and knowing what you can deliver in the minute it 
it doesn't go that way, you're able to talk to the client immediately. Like you said, knowing things because you've got that underwriting experience, um, you're also able to explain it to a client better than mm-hmm. someone that's never been in that seat. I've seen personally that makes so much of a difference to, you know, experienced borrowers. Yeah. And being able to explain to them how you can solve the problem, right? Like, okay, yeah. this is our issue today, but I've seen it solved in this these three different ways. How can, you know, do any of these work to solve your problem, right? So um, being able to bring that experience to the table. And I think, Pamela, to your point too, is just anticipating if you see something, you know, like the next step, right? And I always try and get teach my analysts that to think about it. Like, what's the next question, right? When the borrower gives you an answer, what do you want to know next? Or does it does it solve our question or like answer it fully? Or does it lead to another question and be ready to ask that next question? Absolutely. I remember talking to borrowers and I would kind of I would gauge, okay, if it, if they say this, I'm going to be prepared. I came to the meeting with a borrower extremely prepared, so I didn't have to as little as possible, say, I'll have to get back to you. So mm-hmm. I really tried to forward think out the deal and just having all that experience, I was able to, to run through various scenarios. So I could come to any meeting equipped with the borrower with the answers that he needs. As you became successful, do you feel that you're, you're more of a risk taker now? I think so, because I think you get comfortable that, you know, okay, I've done this long enough now. I know. I think most originators will tell you that January 1st is like the worst day of the year because you go back to zero for loans closed. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's like how daunting to see that versus your budget on a spreadsheet. Um, but, you know, after doing this for years and years now, it's, you know, some years are going to be better than others. There's just no way around that. We don't control everything. So it's just about staying focused. Um, but yeah, I think for sure, risk taker at this point um, than I was yeah. back then. Well, yeah. Just with the experience. Yeah. As yep. you become more experienced. Based on what you've seen in your career, what inspires you about how women have made progress in our industry? I think seeing just more and more women in the room when I go to either client meetings or even like conferences, you know, we joke, Mm -hmm. Pamela, of course, like at NMHC, it's the sea of blue blazers. And, you know, 15 years ago, there was was few and far between a woman in that, you know, in the crowd. But now I feel like it's definitely changed. Um, it's, I mean, it's not at an acceptable place yet, but just seeing more and more women in the space is great. And I think having organizations like Crew um, mm-hmm. that really focus on bringing women to the top um, has helped in that case, um, just with experience, exposure, mentorship, all those things that are in play. Um, so I think that that's the biggest thing for me is walking into that room and not feeling like I'm an outsider. That's exactly right. That's exa- And that's what we're promoting here. And I still sit in many meetings where I might be the only woman or in a situation. But as Kristen said, it's definitely um, not as few women, but definitely not at a place where, you know, it's acceptable still. Well, Kristen, what is next on the horizon for you? That's a great question. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think, if you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've got lots of ideas. Uh, I could talk for hours, but um, yeah, I think for me, my hope is to kind of, you know, in the in the near term, and I don't know what that looks like from a like months or years perspective, but sometime in the near future, I'd like to kind of step aside from the business, um, start buying my own apartments. I do some investing on the side right now, but I'd like to be more in the GP position. Um, 
and really work on that kind of workforce housing space. You know, we spend a lot of time, obviously, with Fannie and Freddie trying to hit their mm-hmm. mission goals, but um, there's still just a giant kind of donut hole in that space. Um, and then I would like to mirror that up with a part, like with partnership with the foundation that provides services to the tenants, like job training and focusing on building the credit score, which is kind of all stuff that everybody's focusing on right now. But I'm not sure how much of it gets directly to the tenants, right? Like, it's great that we're using these programs, you know, within Fannie and Freddie's new program with the with the rent stuff. Um, but like how much time is being spent with the tenants to train them on or explain to them what the importance of their credit score is. So just that kind of stuff. I, I'm hoping to find a way to put it all together um, and see if I can you know, make a difference in that space. That's amazing. Well, you you definitely said it. Those are key things that are needed. And uh, I think having you on that end to help meet that demand would be good for all of us. Thank you. Absolutely. I can do it soon, (laughs) sooner rather than later. (laughs) What's the best advice that you've ever received? I think the best advice I've ever received is just be yourself, be true to yourself. Like don't, especially being a woman in a, in a predominantly male um, role. I think it just, you don't need to change who you are to be your best self or to, to be as important to the client. You know, you don't, it's nice to be able to play golf or it's nice to be able to have those conversations, you know, talk about football on Monday morning, you know, but, um, but at the end of the day, you need to be true to yourself so that the job is fulfilling for you as well. So I think that's kind of always been a balancing act, but I think it's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Kristen, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your career insights with our GLOW listeners. So listeners, if you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening in on what we think is an important conversation. Maybe one day a woman who is running a lending shop or overseeing a production team will look back and say this podcast got her to think about an opportunity that she had not considered before. And maybe the journey of today's guest will inspire you to consider a career path that you may not have considered before. And if even one woman can say that this podcast inspired her, then we have succeeded. We want to hear from you, so please reach out to us and please like, subscribe, and join us for the next episode of Glow CRE. We plan to keep this conversation going, so tune in to upcoming episodes for learning and laughs as we highlight some of our industry's most dynamic women in commercial real estate. Thank you again for joining us and for listening to the Glow CRE podcast. We look forward to shining a light on women in commercial real estate. Until then, keep glowing, ladies.